0: In the name of the one who was sent to us by God's great love. Amen. Amen. This gospel that we just heard, it gives us a chance to talk about the most loving act of all time. John 3.16. You've seen it at Fenway. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. There's this tender moment when a Pharisee named Nicodemus came to Jesus under the cover of night and asked big questions. Nicodemus was hungry for truth. And and this is where our gospel picks up in Jesus' answer to Nicodemus. Jesus speaks of God raising up a son, just as Moses raised up a snake in the wilderness, To heal all those who looked upon it. I want to speak of this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus and about God loving us so much that God sent a son. But I'm distracted by the snakes. Maybe I'm not the only one. They're even on the cover of your bulletin, which usually has a picture of the gospel. But today, it's got a picture of the snake. So let's visit with the snake for a moment before we move on. The Israelites had a very interesting relationship with God as they crossed the wilderness from slavery to the promised land. We heard part of it in our first reading this morning. They were so tired and worn out. They were tired of manna. They started yelling at God that they had no food and water and that the food was terrible. It's a little like a toddler sitting in front of a plate of broccoli. (laughs) They were tired and grumpy and hungry and at war with others in the desert. And then the snakes came and the people were bitten and some of them died. The Israelites believed that the snakes were God's wrath in response to their complaints and they begged for mercy And mercy came, not by taking the snakes away, but by adding one, a bronze one. They were told to look at a bronze form of the thing that they feared the most, and that they would be healed. And they were. I cannot explain this. I'm tempted to try to, of course. We humans are always tempted to domesticate God. We want to make it all make sense, just like Nicodemus did. In reality, we don't know what God did and didn't cause in the Israelites' wilderness. And we don't know what of their perceived experience, which is what they wrote down, was or wasn't scientifically or historically real. But we do know That they experienced God's presence in the middle of their despair. That is the common theme of our faith narrative. We suffer. God is there. We experience God being there. We try to make sense of God among us. Truth seems to be that God has remained faithfully present with us, God's creation, Throughout. And then one day, God got even more present. Perhaps God wondered if we'd feel a little less lost if God came to us, held our hands, got born with us, ate with us, went fishing with us, spoke audible words to us, washed our feet, fed us, and quenched our thirst with real water. God so loved the world that he gave his only son to be human with us. And now we are back at the gospel. Nicodemus was as curious as we are about God, maybe more. His curiosity was risky, and so he came under the cover of night. What did it all mean to be born of the Spirit, to have new life? What did it mean that this rabbi was healing people with touch and performing miracles that defied logic? It meant that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That son invited Nicodemus, who had come to him at night, to enter into the light where all would be seen, where he would bask in the light of God's love, Sometimes we have to visit the dark to know which questions to ask. Sometimes we have to go through the dark to find our way to the light. Darkness is inevitable, but light is what we are meant for. Today, we hear about wilderness and agony. Manna from heaven that we easily tire of, poisonous snakes, senseless death, doubt about God's goodness, questions with fuzzy answers. This feels like Lent. Lent can be very, very difficult. But today, right in the middle of Lent, we get a glimmer of light. It is Laetari Sunday rejoicing Sunday. That is why we wear pink. In her reflection this week, which came in your email on Thursday, or hopefully it made it to you through the snail mail through the snow on Friday, Nancy pointed out that it is no mistake that the pink of Laetare Sunday is in the same color spectrum as the purple of Lent. The joy we need comes from the work we have done looking death in the face. Today, we pop our heads up from the heavy work of Lent and smile at one another and say, Rejoice! There are poisonous snakes around us, but there is power in looking at that which harms us head-on in a safe, loving community. Rejoice! There are questions that we will never be able to answer, but God is still present. Rejoice. There are questions we ask in the cover of night, and Jesus gives us profound answers to help us get to the dawn. Joy comes. On this day when we woke up in the dark and changed our clocks to give ourselves more daylight, there is joy. Maybe it's sleepy joy. But it's joy when we remind ourselves that Jesus's birth and death were unbelievable acts of love from God. There is joy. When we know that those acts showed us how much God loved, loves us and the fact that God loves us, made Jesus happen, joy comes. When we look toward the horizon and see the promise of Of Easter morning, there is joy, not as a mechanism of denial of all that is awful or because of a preoccupation with the evil that does exist. But because God helps us to see that we are never alone in the awfulness, in spite of the awfulness, as a sign of courage in the face of the awfulness, there is joy. God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. There was and is pain. There was and is healing. There was and is death. And God was and is with us. Because of that, there is joy. Amen.